I'm Chris. I'm Steve. And we're talking about some deep shit. What's very interesting is there is something to that first shoot down that happened in Alaska. Something very interesting. What is it? I don't know. Oh. But that's what they're saying out there is there's something. Oh, I thought you that said- was the first one. And I watched this as it un- unfolded. And I was following this closely when it unfolded. That initial press conference about that first object. Second object, if you count the... Uh, Chinese balloon. Chinese balloon was object one, but the first other object that was Alaska. Reports were really strange about that one. And so what I've heard various people intimate is that that was something. The subsequent two were not. They were probably hobby balloons that were shot down. The prevailing thought process is how do you muddy the waters? You muddy the waters by suddenly, oh, we shot this one down, we shot this one down, balloon, oh, they're all balloons kind of thing, right? But if you go back and you actually pay attention to what they say, one is they wouldn't say balloon, especially with that first object. They would not categorize it as a balloon. The press kept saying, the balloon you shot down, I won't, and the Pentagon people would immediately correct them and say, it's not a balloon, it's an object. So, that's what I've heard about those is you're right. We, that was all in our focus and we talked about that and then it sort of moved on just like everything. Right. But it's the it's the cumulative buildup of what has come before. And I think that's what a lot of people, I get it. If you've been following this topic for a long time, it is frustrating. So many times throughout the year, we thought that this would be the thing that would trigger everyone's interest and get everyone looking. It is very easy to say, you know, why? Yes. Uh, you could see people are just getting bored. They don't care. They're going back to it. I'm just saying that we've never been here where you have multiple like people in government currently coming out and saying things. And then all it's going to take is a couple of intrepid reporters and stuff to start looking back at the stuff that's been ignored up till now. Like that is the biggest frustration when I hear people say, well, if this were a cover up, how come it's never come out? Of course it's come out. There've been people claiming this sort of stuff all through the years. It's just usually we disregard them because I don't know why. Usually sometimes they're really people who are credible, but as soon as they come out with this, we cannot underestimate how well they did it conditioning us to laugh at this topic. It, Although it, it's funny, you brought up that uh, Fravor guy, yeah. the pilot, him and Dietrich. No one really disparages them. Nope. You notice that? It's, it's just kind of not- Or Ryan discussed. Graves. Ryan Graves. Or Grush. No, the Pentagon has not come out and they said have, one word. No, no, but I mean the general public. Right. Gresh, I, I, it's it's too lots of different. He's to be ter- de- deter- to be determined. The the other ones, there's there's um, uh, Graves, not as much, but the other two, there's video 
evidence. You want to call yeah. it video. I call right. it video. Right. Um, so when you have things like that, those two together create uh, something that's very difficult to take down in terms right. of, right. So you have a credible person, an intelligent person, a trusted person. Here is the evidence I'm talking about that. Now, when we get, I think if you start getting more of that, that is what will get the public's attention. Things like that. Combined with other things. Yeah, too, no, you're right. right? Absolutely right. So yeah. if that guy Grush, right? If he ever says, I don't know if he will or he won't, but if he ever, if he ever sits down, let's say these hearings on the 26th, he, he appears and he says- He's supposed to be. And he says, hey, by the way, um, here's, the th- here's something I was, I'm, I'm talking about, and you can see it right here, right? He can't do that, though. Um, let's just yeah. say. Let's just say. Okay. To me, that is when, now, some people will be swayed by what he says, but when you combine the two things together, yes. that's when people start saying, oh, you know, and there's not enough of the Fravor Dietrich, um, there's not enough of it, because I think once you start building on that, plus with the information you're talking about all together, keeps creating that point of, you know, where you're getting. So what... I have heard is that some of the witnesses uh, will know probably, probably people like Fravor and Dietrich, possibly Ryan Graves, pilots who were involved in these things, maybe even Luis Elizondo. People, people love listening to, to pilots and things like that. But what if they roll out a couple pilots that you've never heard of? Well, that's like, fine. Like, that's I'd what like I mean. That. That's I'd better. Like, that. like what if they do this? Hey, we're going to set the stage with, hey, Luis Elizondo. And some people go, oh, yeah, I remember he was making the rounds. And I may have heard a little bit of what he said, but suddenly they ask him some very pointed questions. Oh, my God, that's really interesting, right? Uh, And then to kind of bring the point home, they bring out Fravor and Dietrich and Graves, right? Okay, again, we've heard these before, but a lot of the public maybe has, but now hasn't heard it in this venue a congressional hearing under oath. Oh my God. Now they pull a few more pilots out. Ones that none of us have heard before. We don't even know the names, but they show us their credentials and oh my God, these people are pretty high credentials and you know, whatever. And they tell some amazing stories. Again, all testimony, no evidence, nobody pulling anything out, but they're telling these amazing stories and questions and, and they're being backed up because con- uh, the Congress people are asking questions. Basically, at the end of this hearing, you don't see a shred of physical evidence because you know what? You're not necessarily because that is contingent upon getting these things declassified, which they may not be able to do. But getting them all together, getting them all to tell their stories, it's going to be the first time that a majority of people who hear it, it's going to be the first time they've heard. Honestly, it's going to be the first time they've heard any of the stories for some people, but for a lot of them, it's, it's going to be the first time that it's all been together in one place. If it happens that way. And I think that's what they're shooting for. Like that is what they said. They wanted this hearing. NASA has pulled out of this hearing. NASA was involved with this hearing. NASA has pulled out. Why did they give any, they did not. It's just what's happening behind the scenes. There were some witnesses apparently that they had to remove because of background checks. Now, everyone jumped all over that to say, oh my God, background checks. That means some of these witnesses are sketchy. What well, it, could I have, mean, it could mean that. Well, what I've heard basically is that politically, 
you know, when somebody's background, it's not something really that bad, but you know, it could be a thorny issue. And th- this is not, um, this is not like well, a real it's life something example. that someone could sink their teeth in. Right. Let's say you were trying to nominate somebody for a certain position and then you looked in their background and you said, oh, you know what, they, they had some you know, distant criminal activity or something, some moral thing that they did, whatever it is. They got accused so of hitting their wife. Exactly. I mean, and even if they later were found guilty. That doesn't necessarily mean you're not telling the truth, but it's certainly not something you Exactly, need. exactly. So that's what I heard that it, it kind of is, is that some of the witnesses, and, you know, some have speculated maybe Bob Lazar was in that, you know, Bob, Bob Lazar. He has some issues. He has some very real legal issues, but some of those could have actually been perpetrated on him. Like there is yeah, some, I mean, you could, again, but his past is so checkered that doesn't matter. You have strong opinion. If you know of Bob Lazar, you probably have strong opinions on him. Either he's telling the truth or he's a fraudster. And that's the problem is you I'm don't kind want, of in the middle. I, I, I actually believe him. You do? I, no, well, no, I don't. I don't, I'm not saying I don't believe him. I know you're saying, but oh, yeah. I think that some of the things that he's, say has has been involved in some of the things that have been circling around him yeah um aren't exactly great right but i also think that they're irrelevant i mean he he hasn't pursued this he hasn't profited off of his story and now with what's coming out now it was in a movie he had a movie he didn't get any money he does not know the movie was it was a documentary he He didn't get anything he did not know he does not the hell if somebody did a documentary about me, I'd want to make some money. He doesn't off of it. care about the making of the money. As a matter of fact, he doesn't do most interviews. He he has not talked about this for the most part. And when usually when people reach out to him, he says, "Go away. I don't want to talk about this anymore." He does not like what this has brought him. Like he, that's why I watched that movie about him and it really hearing in his own words. Like this is oh, he's just doing it for fame and fortune. What, are you kidding me? His no, life no, has some suffered. People, some people. Some people's motivations are very difficult True. to figure out. But also, he's a human, and and so since then, his life has done certain things, and and maybe not all of them are great. But that a lot of what's coming out now is validating original things he said. He was one of the first people to talk about gravity, it being gravity powered, and right. now that's information that is like being talked about. He was ahead of the curve on so many things. Go back and look at what he said back then and now compare it to what we know now. And he called a lot of things. The more time goes on, the more I think Bob Lazar's story gets vindicated over and over and over again. Like he was saying stuff about how we couldn't figure out how it worked and how it was gravity related. Some of the things he talked about that element, the element 115, there was some element that he talked about that did not exist when he first talked about it. It right. exists now. I mean, they knew about it theoretically. Knew, theoretically, it could have existed. Right, but he talked about it as being a thing and saying, no, they have this, right. and now we have discovered that element. And They just it, can't keep it stable. And it, But it could potentially do exactly what he said it did. His story has gotten more solidified. I think the people who are uh, dismissive of him, I think, are dismissive of him for either one of two reasons. One is back then they read it and some of it didn't make sense and they dismissed them back then and they've never reevaluated, even though more information has come out. Or two, they've written him off because, again, he has some sketchiness. There was some, uh, I think it was some solicitation of prostitution. There were some criminal somebody, things. I think so, something happened to somebody that 
bought some I, element of material. I, yeah, online. I don't. I don't so, know. You know, I, but but the point is, when that stuff's clouding right. around, around you, that's why. And that's why it's not the perfect person to um, to keep a movement moving along. Right. So rather than be discouraged by by that fact, I actually think we should be encouraged by the fact that they ejected some witnesses. That's not what I mean. Saying, I, I I think it's better. Not to saying that we won't ever hear from them, but right now. This is the this is the swing. This hearing has to make some heads move, you know, some heads turn. So they're going to try to roll out. They have been quoted the the Congress people who are putting this on. I think Luna said it's going to be an all star lineup, like basically saying we're putting our best out here because we've been given one shot to do a proper hearing and get this testimony in front of the American people. And then we'll see what happens. So let's see what happens when these hearings take place and some things get said in it and some people out there hear it for the first time. They've probably heard it before, but they didn't really hear it because getting it delivered to you from a friend or from somebody talking about it or even on a TV, on a documentary, that's different than having it delivered to you via a a governmental hearing in the Congress, like it's just going to hit differently. And I really think that there's a good chance that this, if not sparking it completely, this will be a major, like what the fuck moment for a lot of people who will tune in suddenly and go, wait, what's going on here. You can already see it happening. Check the news. You're seeing it little bits here. Stories are starting to pop up. You're starting to see, an interest in all this stuff. And I, I just, like I said, I cannot imagine that it won't catch fire soon. I've been saying that for a little while, but I honestly think we're going to be living in a different world, possibly by the end of this year. Like, like Jesus, Chris, I think by the end of this year, I think it'll be not necessarily that like, it'll all be out, but it'll be past that point. We've talked about this before. There's a point of no return. There's a point where you can't put it back. You can't take it back when you announce to the, to the, to the, you can't, and when you're not saying the United States people that there's a, a, you know, a non-human intelligence interacting with us, suddenly that news is not just United States news. It's worldwide news. You cannot put that back in the bottle. Here's an interesting take, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about, um, the gorillas, the silverbacks yes. that, that weren't noticed for a long time in terms of, um, I guess the, 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 the way history says it is the white people didn't see them. Right. So somehow that's history. Right. Yeah. But the people that lived there did see them. Did see them. Right. So. They're and anything of, they said about it was dismissed as yeah, their they're legend. History right. too. But when they would tell these uh, colonizers, you know, hey, uh, be careful. You know, it was, you know, kind of the way people think of Bigfoot now. Mm-hmm. Right. So. Let me get to that. Say, so if we are the silverbacks, let's say. And the non-human intelligence is is the colonizers. How would the colonizers have changed if they noticed the gorillas knew they were there and they noticed the gorillas were doing something about it? So I think it's going to be interesting to see if that ever happens. Let me get to what I, Mm -hmm. so I'll say it uh, just out there. If whoever let's just say there is this non-human intelligence that's responsible for these phenomenon that we're seeing, right? Then they can see us, obviously they're observing. Yes. And then they say, Hey, you know, these humans, they figured it out. 
and they're getting ready. They're doing stuff. Does that change anything? Because I think it does, right? If we looked and said, gorillas are kind of nowhere here and they're building stuff and they're getting ready. Like, we should do something before yeah. they get too powerful. Like, it's going to, it, it creates so many questions and so many discussions because if, if the people that are observing us aren't here for our best interests and they go, hey, you know, uh, they're coming up with stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't like this. There's precedence for that. I mean, we have um, uh, discovered things and not televised, you know, like when we broke the, the Nazi code. And we didn't say we broke the Nazi code because once they knew right. we broke the code, they stopped using the code. So we pretended we didn't break the code. They kept using it and we listened. There is a precedence for, you know, when you're spying on, as soon as they become aware of you, that's when you, when you strike. Right. Um, my argument to this would be, again, I think we're underestimating the degree to which they're advanced beyond us. They know, like they know, <sighs> this is where, again, uh, no, but there's, there's the, there's a, there's the school of thought that it keeps increasing right. as our technology increases. Right. Right. So if we then get our collective minds together to get our technology to even a greater height, right. that might prompt something is what it, Yeah. No, I, I, I see, I see exactly what you're saying. My, my only counter to that would be, we have nuclear weapons. We have a weapon that not only could wipe us out as a people, but it could actually, you know, actually cause radioactive the planet, you know, to make, you know, basically make the planet not that livable either. Right. So, and it starts to, it starts to sound crazy town, but then when I say that these are things that I'm not just saying, um, where a congressman, uh, what the hell is his name? Um, the guy, he was um, from Wisconsin. He was in the, the hearing. I always play his uh, Gallagher, right? Congressman Gallagher was on a sports talk show. Again, you know, it's sports talk, but they're talking about UFOs. And he postulated some theories about, you know, that extraterrestrial isn't the only theory. Now, this is on like a like a mainstream sports, primarily sports broadcast. But they uh, got on this topic. Uh, you know, because because the host is interested. And okay. um, I can't remember what the guy's name is, but he's 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 out there. He's a, he's a big sports guy. We're talking about millions of people listening to this sort of thing, right? Kind of uh, uh, same kin to uh, Joe Rogan, but but like in sports. So, but he actually postulated, he's a, he's a, a sitting congressman and he postulated that one of the other alternatives is they're extra dimensional. Uh, another alternative is that they're ultra terrestrial, meaning that they've been here on this planet all along. They were here before us, they're here during us and, the, and presumably they'll be here after us. And the reason why we can't detect them is because there are aspects to this planet, which we do not have access aspects of frequency and dimension. And there's a whole lot of concepts that if you had brought this up to most people 10 years ago, they wouldn't know what the hell you were talking about. But I will say that now, if you bring these concepts up, a lot of people will be familiar with them from Hollywood movies, the idea of dimensions. And like, those are kind of concepts that more people are aware of it, even if they're not aware of the fact that scientifically those principles are actually sound. It's not all, it's not all speculation. No, it's, it's, there's scientific theory. 
Right. But I mean, that's they done it yet, but that's the other part of this that I always think is interesting is I think everyone is on at a very binary. They're either, they either don't exist or if they do exist, they are extraterrestrials flying from a planet through space get here. And then all of our objections start to come up about, well, distances and the speed of light, and, you know, well, it would take them too long. But we, we only know what we know. We know what we know. Right. So we're going to have to get over that. That's another hurdle because you're not just introducing one disruptor to our, our way. You're, you're introducing tons. We're not the only thing. Uh, technologically, we're not at the top at all. As a matter of fact, we might be way at the bottom. Um, space and time don't work like we think they do. Like, it's not just the, hey, aliens are here. Why can't we tell the people? Because the knowledge train that that starts disrupts everything we've ever known or think we know that's a lot that's a lot to put on people and you can see how people are dealing with it a lot of them aren't right have you ever brought the topic up to someone and they just quickly change it what and you get the set of ufos and things but you get the sense that they just can't handle it they just can't handle the thought process because it takes them down a road that well, they just yeah. don't want to go I've down i've spoken to people and they've actually said that they say you know what that's beyond now Sometimes I don't know if they're just being nice to me. Could be. Being polite. That is a polite way of saying they don't want to talk about Could it. Be. But I do think that out of 10 people that say it, a few of them really believe in their brain that, you know what, this is a lot for me to be thinking about right now. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I think it's a polite way of telling me to shut up, Steve. It uh, could very well be. sometimes I think it is being um, candid. Yeah. No, and-, and I know I step over the line. I get excited about this topic. I've been, you know, and sometimes I get like crazy, you know, in talking about it, but it boggles my mind why more people don't see this as the most important. I just don't, to quote, you know, something I never thought I'd do, to quote Marco Rubio, if true, this is the biggest story in human history. Like this story is more important than anything else we've ever discovered because it has the implication to change our trajectory from now going forward. I mean, you know, like if we didn't discover we were not alone, if we just kept on going like we go, we're on the trajectory that we are. Some would say we're on a tra trajectory to destroy ourselves, right? Because if we just keep fighting over the same limited resources and never leave this this ball of, uh, of mud, uh, either one of two or figure things. out how not to you need those resources. Right. One of two things is going to happen. Either we are going to destroy this planet, thus us, or something's going to destroy this planet. Something we didn't see coming, a solar flare, an asteroid, uh, something which could have happened before. And that's going to wipe us out. And then our story is over. Did you see this totally different thing? I don't know if you saw this news. This was a few years ago, maybe more than a few, but there was an asteroid that we didn't see yes. be, until it already passed us. Right. Which is true of any asteroid that comes from the sun, the direction of the sun, we, we cannot can't see, see it. it. Right. So 
People who just think, oh, well, you know, we'll see it. No, you don't see it until it's already gone past. Yes. Anyway, I didn't know that until I read that. There is, <laughs> there is a crazy amount of space objects that pass fairly closely to us. And that, after they go by, they say, that wasn't a threat. Right. Okay, you know, after it went was by, one it wasn't. That, there was one that missed us by like six hours, meaning that it cruised through and that location it cruised through, the earth had been there six hours before and had it hit, it would have been a direct hit on us. And it, they just casually mentioned this. It probably would have been a planet killer. Like this it, is like driving down a road, right? Yep. With your eyes closed. And every time a car goes by you, you say, whoa, that was good. Yeah. We, we're safe. So I think of, uh, of what Graham Hancock has said about uh, another analogy is that because of the torrid meteor stream, which we go through twice a year uh, in like June and I think in like October or something like that, but twice a year uh, we, we go through this, this stream and it's akin to putting on a blindfold and running across a f- an eight lane highway and basically running all the way across and, and being like, oh, we made it again. And then the next time make it again, because literally this meteor stream, there's, you know, uh, it's big. And so there's a, you know, there's obviously we pass through it all the time and nothing hits us, but it's one of those things where it's only a matter of time. There will come a point where one of those objects will impact with us. And then what effect that has, we'll see. Right. So if we don't do something and get like to our next step of where we need to go, um, then if something happens to this, this planet, then, then we're gone. And I think that's the, that's our big concern is I think we need to, you know, I know that's very, you know, Elon Musk has said that for a while, but he's not wrong. I mean, maybe Mars is wrong. I don't know, but like, we need to start getting out there because until we do, we're confined by how much we can grow on this planet. I mean, people are talking already about, you know, too much population, which isn't technically true, but uh, certain areas have too much population and other areas don't have any population. Well, because the land isn't as livable. Right, right. right? So and the resources aren't there to sustain people. Right, so maybe that should and be that's our what first. they used to say about the West of this country. Right. When I said the West, not the rest, the West. The West. Um, in terms of uh, water, especially, which is now becoming an issue again. Right, so maybe that ought to be our first step. Uh, you know, step one is try to figure out how to, better our extraction of, of resources on this planet to not destroy it, you know, to, to be able to figure out, you know, is there a way to, you know, pump water and I, I don't know who knows, but uh, we're going to do something because you said it, Mars, there's a, there's the theory that, that we're from Mars, right? Because there's a, there's, they're finding elements on Mars right? that could only be there if there was a um, nuclear explosion, right? And now it could be a natural nuclear explosion. Could be. But they say it could also not be a natural nuclear So what point if this UFO stuff is, let's just say, let's just go on a flight of fancy and it's all unreal to be true. Like like that is the truth, right? Oh my God, it's there are things, right? So at what point do people take the next step? You know how I said there's a lot for them to wrestle with with their mind with with the existence of a non-human intelligence? 
that's just that uh, road. Now start to wrestle with your mind. Okay, this thing that I've heard about that's always been said that it's it's crap. They were lying to us. What else? What other things have I been taught to laugh at that as crazy as this sounds, this is true. So what other things have I been taught to laugh at now that turn out to be true? You know, you have anything in mind? I mean, I Bigfoot, I don't know. I mean, wh- what if the answer to Bigfoot ends up being those are creatures who are on this planet who exist in a different, you know, slightly different dimensionally that we only some, which is why sometimes you see them, you know, sometimes you see them in the woods and they get, you know, whatever, somebody sees them or sees tracks, but then there's no, can't find them. Maybe they're under the ground. I mean, there's crazy theories out there that if you go down and you look at somebody did a, or maybe um, if it's interdimensionally, maybe we see them because that's the way we our our minds and eyes uh, perceive it. And it really doesn't really, there was I mean, a, a whole way. Uh, yeah. You're how much of the universe do we not perceive because we can't pick it up? Like most of the universe is in a spectrum that we don't, you know, uh, well, Lou- we could talk about, we could have a whole thing about that. I think people don't, um, well, I think a lot of people understand, but some people don't understand that we only see the way that we can see. Right. Right. There's, there's, there are, um, just, there's, there's, there's more kinds of light that we don't even, we're not aware of because we can't perceive it. And they say our brain can only take in so much input. So our brain filters out a lot. So there's a lot of stuff that we, we could potentially see, but our brain just, we filter it out because we can't take in all the input at once. It gets, you know, there was a, sp- a theory a while back and, and look, you know, if you're out there and you, you know, Google this, how many disappearances there've been in certain parts of national parks. And, I have not looked extensively into it, but I saw a little bit about it. But apparently, according to, I have not validated any of this. I just have seen the claim. But if you look at the numbers, there's an inordinate amount of people who go missing in certain areas of the world. Certain certain areas geographically, even the United States, tend to be remote. Where is this? I don't want to go. Like, like national parks. Uh. Like, again, sounds crazy. But what if we found out that there was something here on this planet that that we call Bigfoot, but it's like these things that occasionally take people. Like how many people go missing? I think when you start to run those real numbers, that's where the questions start to go, where how many people go missing each year and how many people are never, ever, ever found? And then, well, okay, well, people sometimes, you know, people move. People run away. People start new lives. Okay. Sometimes, you know, people, serial killers, they just found a serial killer uncovered in, in, uh, in Long Island that had killed a bunch of people and they just, you know, discovered who they were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sometimes we're responsible for it. At what point though, when you look at the numbers of missing people who never turn up again, their bodies are never found. No remains are ever found. No trace of them at all. Yes, humans do nasty things to other humans. But at what point do the numbers just don't make sense? And that's what I have seen reported. Again, I haven't looked into it, so I can't say up and down that I just find it fascinating. Like what yeah. if what if there are aspects to even our daily existence that 
that people haven't really been able to reconcile because it's too ridiculous. It's ridiculous. What do you mean? There's, there's things that live underground that take us. Those are the mole people. Again, these are all, I'm not saying any of this is true. And I'm not saying I believe any of this. I'm just saying these are these crazy theories that have been around, but so have UFO theories. So if the UFO theories turned out to be true, could any of these other crazy theories have some validity to it? You really, to be intellectually honest, you have to ask that question. You can't just dismiss it. And I know there are going to be people listening to this who are going to say, I well, believe in UFOs, but I don't believe in any of the alien abductions. Well, you stuff. know that cra- the, or the crop circles or the cattle mutilations, the quote unquote crazy theory that the um, the poles are going the to shifting. shift. Yeah. Well, have you seen the, there's a new new uh, news story out that that there's a study that says we've pumped so much water out of the Earth that the axis is shifting. Wow. So <laughs> the, the the crazy conspiracy theories that you hear one day become mainstream news articles sometime later and nobody ever calls attention to it. There was some article, other article I saw about um, they discovered a subocean deep under our ocean. There's a, there's a sub layer of, they call it water, but I don't know, you know, to what degree. And the volume of that exceeds all the oceans on our surface. I'm, I'm looking at a news story right now. All right. What do you got? It says that a university of Toronto team had created an algorithm to organize telescope data to weed out interference. This new algorithm has found eight new radio signals from five different stars. And they say it's probably not extraterrestrial, but they don't know why they're receiving these signals. It's just one story after another. Yeah. There's a whole, um, there's going to have to be a lot of questioning of our SETI, the search for extraterrestrial uh, intelligence, radio signals. We as a society don't use radio signals as much as we used yeah, to. We, so. we use them to some degree, but we certainly don't use them to the same degree that we did 50 years ago. Right. And there will come a time that we won't use them at all. Right. And one can presume that a, a an advanced uh, intelligence civilization does not use radio signals. So I really question the whole, well, first of all, you know, SETI's looking for life uh, radio signals out there when there really seems to be evidence that something is here. That that That's one aspect of it. But also you're looking for radio signals, which means you're looking for a signal that would have to be from a civilization roughly in our mode of development. Um, or, or behind. Or behind. And how long ago, I mean, roughly meaning like, yeah. I mean, like us from yeah. the time we created radio to, to now. Uh, and then of course, with the, how long it takes there to get there, when we do detect them, it's such a old signal that it doesn't reflect, right? you know, it, you know, if someone, if our rate, if our television signals are going out there into space uh, and they hit some planet and they say, oh, geez, what is life like on earth? So apparently it's like, I love Lucy. Well, not anymore, you know? So there's that aspect of it. Um, you know, something we didn't talk about, which is uh, to touch on briefly is the, the whole Avi Loeb Galileo project, like 
that he scooped the bottom of the ocean for that meteor. Have you followed that at all? Uh, somewhat. He didn't really find anything I, um, that you, you you could point at and say, oh, oh, um, in in terms of what would grab public attention. Yes, I mean, well, he's he's potentially now, found some. Could feel differently about it. Well, it, it, all this all the analysis hasn't been done. They're going right. to do a they're going to do a, a peer reviewed paper. If he's right. doing it right, he's not just like putting out claims. You know what I mean, though. It's not like they said, "Look at this, what I found." Right. You know. Uh, but there's the potential that they think they found something anomalous. Yes. Now, but it's a little pieces that, you know but i i don't, i'm not i'm not disagreeing with i agree you. i'm no, just yeah. saying like it's not like some they hold up and they go oh my god it's an alien helmet right. but if he does find something anomalous this is going to give him the funding he'll have the funding to go back and do another search where to find the object itself because there's a core to that object that hit so what so what we're talking about basically is 10 years ago and a a meteor uh crashed into the atlantic ocean and it was picked up by sensors and they know the the United States geospatial, you know the 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 um, organization that keeps track of all that. They know how fast it was moving. They know they know a lot about it, uh, basically. And so, because of how fast it was moving, it came from outside of the solar system because it was moving faster than anything in the solar system. So it came from outside. So it zipped in and it crashed into our ocean about ten years ago. So Avi Loeb, uh, who is a professor at Harvard. And he has been raising money. He's this Galileo project. And the Galileo project has two aspects. He built an entire suite of sensors on top of the Harvard Observatory to detect everything in the sky, Uh, you know, infrared, ultra sensor, basically detect UFOs and said, we're just going to duplicate this and then scan the sky. And, you know, we don't have to depend on the government releasing top secret files. We'll just collect our own. So that's the first aspect of it. But the other aspect of, of his project is that he wanted to raise money to go out to the ocean, to scoop the bottom of the ocean floor with a magnet and pick up any residual. He also scooped the bottom of the ocean floor outside of the zone where the meteor crashed so he could make sure that anything he got, the spherules, which are the tiny little metallic things that they got, they didn't pick any of them up outside of – so they did like a test case to say, you know, this is where the meteor isn't. We're going to scoop the bottom of the ocean floor. And they did that in a few places, I think. Then they scooped the bottom of the ocean floor in the place where they thought the meteor had been. And they had good information about that. And they basically found something and they brought it back. And it's being, there's going to be, by the end of this month, again, by the end of this month, end of July, there's going to be something, information coming about that. But initial uh, analysis is that it is not something usual. What that means, we don't know right. yet, but that's huge as well. So again, I keep saying it, it's the, it's the accumulation of all these things that's going to hit. Is that, it, you know, at what point does all of it kind of connect? And it doesn't need to connect with everybody. It just needs to connect with some, especially those who are like influencers and people who, who are going to like step out and go, hey, all my followers, uh, I'm taking an interest in this thing. Maybe you should too. And that is the thing to get people interested. What do the people they admire show interest in? And that is what you're going to hit is these people with huge followings who are going to be saying, I think there's something here. And the next thing you know, everyone's going to be asking the questions. It's, oh, yeah. it's going to be but fun. Like we talked about before, right? Um, and I'll use the analogy we use today about it. When the gorillas when the silverbacks finally realized what was happening, 
it wasn't good. Yeah. You know what I mean? So um, I hope we're not the gorillas. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, we will see what happens with that. Uh, actually, I'm uh, pausing for a second because right. this volume has been down. All, am I, oh, we plugged we're in? on two and three. Oh, thank God. Okay. No, we're on two right. and three. All right. All right. Um, we had that issue before. That's right. That's right. And actually, we haven't even had these on. No. So we don't even know what we yeah. sound like. Oh, God. I hope we sound good. Um, yeah. I mean, it, us discovering that there's something there could trigger a next step. Uh, it might not be triggering it. It just might be you could – I mean, that's that's the, uh, the pessimistic view. But it's certainly a view that might have some credence to it, you know, if – if somebody is uh, somebody, something has um, much more power than we do, right? What, what? Whenever you figure out who they are, it's not. It, it might not be the best thing. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Whatever we go through, I don't next- know. If the, I don't know. It, I just don't know if after all this, we're going to say, "Hey, we're we're collaborating with these." Uh, it's just I just don't yeah. know if that's going to happen. I'd love it. Yeah. Whatever we go through next, it's going to be, it, it's going to be tough. Like it's it's not going to be an easy ride. No change ever is. Think of any change that we have encountered in our, our society, um, you know, the printing press, like, you know, things that change the world greatly, the automobile, those things that change the world, how we're reacting to social media and the internet. We're just really now discovering that not everything about the system we put in place for social media, not everything about that system works great. And it has some unintended consequences. And I think this is one of those lessons that we as humans have to learn is Nothing is ever entirely good or entirely bad. Most things are some combination depending on different circumstances. There are some events that are very good for some people and very bad for others. Even war. War is really good for some people, really bad for for others. Well, you're looking at everything in the context of just humans. Right. Right. What animal on this planet, except maybe dogs— are better off that we're here. True. Right? Right. Probably none. Right. Most, yeah, right. Dogs, I mean, no you could even make a- No are better off that we're here. No fish. No, nothing They're is. just, right? Yeah. They just, they, they, if they could, they, their life would be better if we didn't exist. There's probably a reason, but there's probably a reason why we exist. And I think we need to, um, uh, we- Now, the answer to that could be very profound, and I think it would be, but- it might not be as profound as we think it Maybe might not. be. You know what I mean? Maybe and not. that itself, like we talked about what could shake people to their right. core, finding out we're really not as important as we thought we were to this universe could seriously have a, an effect on people's psyche. Yeah. Well, yeah. Once you, once we don't, have, once we realize or possibly realize that we're not even that important to this planet. Right. Like we, let's be honest, this planet's been around a long time. We've only been around for a very, very small fraction of that. If this planet continues on and we don't, then what are what are we? We're just a we're just a footnote, you know. Like, uh, and then of course, there's obviously the question of were we the first, and was there anything before us that that we we don't know about? You know, 
Is that have any connection to what we're encountering with these things today? Right. You were alluding to uh, the missing link and all that stuff earlier. What made us start? What if, what if, let's say, let's just say, because there are theories that we, we are um, the result of some sort of genome experiment or something like that. What if that was the case? And whatever we're seeing now, they're coming and saying, because they're saying to themselves, it didn't work. Right. (laughs) You know what, guys? We gave you a chance, and we keep giving you chances, and look what you're doing. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame, it. and it's too bad because I feel like I feel like we're missing this opportunity to be. There's a reason why we exist, and whatever that reason is, it's not just to accumulate shit and shuffle pieces of paper towards each other. You know, like that's really all we do. We accumulate shit and we move little pieces of paper around. We call it money or call it whatever. We just shuffle it around. It goes here, it goes there, it goes there. And that obsesses our whole life. And our whole life is built around this idea of, of, of this. And now all of a sudden you have a disrupting agent, artificial intelligence, artificial intelligence suddenly makes a large portion of that thing that we thought made us special. Eh, it can do it as well. It can think. It can do this work. It can, you know. So maybe we have to figure out something different. That's why I keep going back to this is that we need to have like a really serious like thought about like what 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 we've been doing with accumulation and, you know, and production and consumption has been necessary to get us on the path to here. We're here now. I think we got to figure out something different. I think I, and you know, you make a very good point, human nature, greed. Yes. The only thing standing between us and a better future is us. And it doesn't look like that's going to change anytime soon, but we have we to, to. Look, Hey, listen, I'm a Trekkie. Yeah. We need to look at the Federation. They figured it out. They did figure out. And you know what, it, you know, uh, but again, it didn't come. If you, if you follow that stuff, it didn't come until there was, Disaster for humanity. You know, and I know I'm going to get- And some, the Vulcans, of course. I'll get some shit for saying this, but like, I have this this vision. And if you just, can you imagine if people got up every day, right? And- We already do that. They get up every day. And oh, from okay. the point- I didn't know there was They've done nothing. And from that point, they've done nothing. But in that nothingness, they have a place to sleep, place to eat. They ain't going to die. You're good. You get everybody on the level ground where nobody's going to die. But what if our lives existed of getting up and doing something we love and somehow that makes us enough resources to be able to live the life we could, meaning that everybody got up and did everybody's thing that they enjoy. Somebody else is willing to pay for some aspect of it. You know, I, 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 you know, any hobby in the world, you know, you like to fish. Well, there's some people who like to eat fish, but they don't want to go catch it. There's some people who like to, you know, be taken out on boats, like anything that somebody enjoys can be monetized to some way to, to some other group of people in some way, shape or form. So there is a world where everyone gets up in the morning and everyone does something that they actually enjoy, that they actually feel strongly about enjoying it. You can, once you monetize it, it makes it not as as enjoyable possibly, but I'm saying like in the larger sense, I guess those are all valid things, but I'm just saying in a larger sense, people got up and did things that, that they work on the sewers for us. AI and our, that's oh the, okay. This is I was why say because I don't using, know anyone that probably says they enjoy it. We are at a very unique position where potentially in a very short period of time, machines could do 
all of the unpleasant tasks in society. Machines could do it in many so cases. So what would you, your solution be for those people that had those jobs? We need to re... We need no, to, in this context. In this context. We need to just say your job does not define you anymore. That's why that's why a universal basic income. That's why that is like not only is it a good idea, it is the only thing that can save us. The only thing to save us from our own like irrelevance is to say up until this point, what you did to make money defined you, defines all of us, right? From the moment you become an adult, that is the main question. What are you going to do to make money to live? And that is a question that occupies most people for their entire life. Well, Some people retire. To, yeah, it goes back to, you know, when before there was any of this, right. you had to get up and go get something to eat. Maybe now we're at a point where that question needs to, that needs to change. And we need to say, okay, we can't define ourselves by what we do anymore because we could do that when we humans were the only ones who did those things. Of course, everything needs to be done by a human. Everything that needs to get done needs to get done by a human. Over the last bunch of years, we've been removing more and more things. You know, just every time we enter a machine, that's something that a human once had to do that a machine now does. And now we're hitting this this point where most tasks, certainly most unpleasant tasks can be done by machines. So rather than say, well, you who did that job, guess you don't make money anymore. I think we need to just upset the whole apple cart and say, you know, none of, none of what any of us does matters in that sense. Let's just get us all on the even footing. And if people want to do beyond that, like I think everyone who ever says that somebody who like universal basic income, I hear this all the time, uh, they wouldn't, people would be lazy. And yeah, well, some people would. Something to it. Of course some people would. Uh, but also if you've been working your whole life and you finally get a break, I'm, well, I'm all for you being lazy. But why is it that nobody ever questions the millionaires and billionaires who work 12-hour days? Like, technically, uh, nobody who's rich needs to work. They could all stop tomorrow and just be like, well, I'm rich. I don't need to work anymore. But very few of them do, right? I mean, so what is it that makes them keep going when theoretically they could, right? What is the person who has, you know, who makes $50,000 a year, uh, why do they just kind of stop at some point? They could just stop and say, well, I make enough money. No, they always want, there's something in most people who want to make more. They want more. They want well, something I, different. Yeah. Cause it's inherent in a person. Right. But that's all been, been built around our consumption system. You want stuff. You must work for stuff. And now that's all breaking down. Trek, you know, Trek, or, uh, I have to say, have you ever seen the Orville? Which is the um, so no. the, the Star Trek People kind of say it's good. Highly recommend you watch the three seasons of it that are on Hulu. I highly recommend it because it's very Trek. It's very idealistic. They just keep Trek. coming out with new Star Trek shows. Yes, but what I thought was interesting is, and I think Trek is kind of that's the same why I way. haven't watched it. You know what their currency is? Reputation. Like that's their currency, kind of in a way. Huh? Meaning that why do people I get, get it up on at, some level? Why do people get up in the currency. morning? In currency, meaning that why do people get up in the morning? Why do people go become stuff and do stuff in the in the fiction of that in that world? Is because people want to be known as the greatest or a great you know a great chef or a great composer or a great this or oh, a great that or a great starship captain or whatever it is. Because 
we as a people find our meaning in stuff because that's it's impressive. But what happens when stuff's no longer impressive? Like in Star Trek, when they can just hit a replicator and say, make me a this. So then stuff doesn't on some level anymore. On some level, the key to humanity moving forward is that we all, and I'm not saying this is in a bad way, I actually think it's a good way, we all become hippies. Yeah. Yeah. Really. And already I can hear people's you know, heads exploding and immediately yelling words like communism, right? And and this is where I just say, uh, communism and capitalism are just two sides of a coin. Uh, we've always been some level of both. I mean, you know, or social. Let's let's, let's say communism, communism doesn't work only because you can give the same effort and get the exact. You you can give a different effort and get the same result. I, I so take, that. And capitalism is supposed to be the opposite right. of that, but you're talking about something different. And I shouldn't it. even say, let me correct myself and say capitalism is socialism, right? So there's the idea of the capitalism, you know, and then the socialism. Because communism, communism isn't the flip side of capitalism. It's not that it's, different. It's, but no, communism is probably the flip side of like, because uh, capitalism and, and socialism are kind of, you know, but capital, uh, communist is connected to socialist, but Well, not, I mean, we're not going to get a big theory, the, but- in this country, we we don't generally have pure capitalism. We have modified capitalism because we have regulations. Because if you didn't have regulations, that's why we all know capitalism doesn't work in its purest form. Because if it did work in its purest form, businesses wouldn't need to be regulated right. because they have to be regulated because they'll fuck us when they get a chance. Yeah. So you won't. If you have to regulate it, that's government intervention. So you do not have pure capitalism. For anyone out there, the things we do, we don't. No. And also we have actually, uh, you know, business socialism. Whenever businesses run into problems and the government comes in and bails them out, that's right. socialism. That's so it's like capitalism. nobody nobody ever complains when the banks are like having trouble. Well, the and banks they come don't. in and they say, you know, right, the banks don't complain. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying is, is that we don't so, – so why does it have to be one or the other? It isn't now. Like it isn't pure capitalism. It – Pure socialism doesn't work either. I don't either. think pure capitalism exists on this planet in any socialized way. Why do we even need to get into a discussion of, of which is better? Because I think what happens a lot is when somebody attacks capitalism as being like not really working anymore, that attack is perceived as capitalism never worked. And then their defense will be, well, this country wouldn't have been built well, without they're, it. They're but right. Why can't we just say, you're right. Like the system we had, I'm not saying it was bad. I used to defend that system voraciously, defend that system. I feel like that system was good when it was good and it worked great to get us here. But be honest, look around. Can you not see it's breaking? Can you think of one experience that has gotten better? Uh, I, I always say this, airline travel. Technologically speaking, Airline travel should be a hell of a lot more comfortable and enjoyable than it is. The reason why it's not, the reason why it's being diluted, like most things, is the constant profit motivation. How do you keep the profits going up? At some point, you got to get more people to fly. Okay, but everybody's flying who's flying and costs are going up. How else? Oh, I guess we have to cut staff. I guess we have to, we have to trim what we makes that thing enjoyable. Excited about getting a bag of trail mix instead of a meal. That's just what the, right? 
it used to be you get on a flight, you had a have a nice six, uh, six course meal for a three hour flight. Now it's like you get a bag of chips for a twelve hour flight. It's that kind of thing. It's making the experience less enjoyable for all of us. We're all punking ourselves. Everything has gotten less enjoyable. So can we just see at this point and look and go, wow, wouldn't it be really great if airlines ran because people need to get places? And the goal of running that airline was not to make money. The goal of running that airline was to run a really good airline. And you got people, and in some cases AI, doing certain jobs. But however many humans or however many, you know, the humans that work in the airline industry are really well compensated because they bring value. But where humans aren't needed, machines do the work. Maybe machines, ticketing agents and things like that, right? But pilots, some people still like to fly with AI assistance. Like you could create a world where the people who worked in that industry were really well compensated uh, and that anyone who used that industry had an enjoyable time. And like, I fly all the time. It's awesome. And everybody could say that, not just people who are super wealthy. I agree with you. The I think the issue would be, practically speaking, theoretically, I agree with you. Right. Practically is where it always breaks down. Right. Practically, it. my opinion is it will never happen true. until, it sounds so dire. You got to take true. everything away. Society has to collapse. break down. Has to collapse. Which it did in Star if you, Trek. If, right. If you look back in history, no society right. ever fundamentally changed until it collapsed. Right. And then it's not really, that society is not really changing. It's just a new society. Right. So it's effed up if you think about it. Right. No, we still haven't figured it out. That's what I mean. You go back in time, the beginning of civilization, as we know it today, which yep. uh, on this podcast, we're always open to new new, uh, new uh, views. Right. But as we know it today, no society ever fundamentally changed yep. on its own. True. So that's why I really look, would love to see some traction to what you're talking about. Right. Um, it, it, it's really going to require a paradigm shift, but do you know what might be enough of a paradigm shift to actually make us start thinking big right, ideas like that about. is what we're talking about. That's why it all ties together. That's why I think, I don't know. Well, that could be a the, reason why. What if we discover if you this wanted to be, be cynical, which I think if you are a critical thinker, yeah. you have to be cynical sometimes, yeah. right? Because being it. optimistic is Pollyanna. Of, yeah. Um, but um, that could be a reason why the powers that be, we always like to say the government, but um, yeah. to, to, to sit here and say huge corporations do not influence the government, we'd all be kind of naive, right? Uh, having a paradigm shift yeah. is not profitable. No, you're right. You're right. And, and we are, it's very easy to keep people, like keep our minds uh from thinking big ideas and uh, Noam Chomsky and in, in manufacturing consent had a very good point about, you don't need to control everybody's thoughts. You just need to build barriers, certain areas that, that response, respectable people talk about certain things and consider certain ideas and other ideas and other concepts and other things are outside of that. And respectable people don't talk about it. And that's all you need to do. And once you, once you make that framework, you say, okay, Big ideas like, you know, is perhaps are we at capitalism and communism and socialism, all these structures are artificial. They're all created. They're not, they're not, again, they're not gravity. They're not time. They're not 
you know, things that even those are actually time, especially is an artificial construct, but they are, um, they're not something that is an immutable force like gravity, right? They could be changed. They were made up in the first place. There's zero reason why we couldn't make it up, but you're right. We're not just going to come right. to our senses and do I mean, that. At the end of the day, money is fake. Everything's fake. Right. And I, so most, when I, when I'll say that to friends or something, they'll say, what are you talking about? I say, how can it be real if you can just print more of it? Right. It's not real. There was a quote, and I cannot remember where it came from, but I thought it was such a great quote. It was something like us, um, like a society is a group of people who have agreed to forget certain things. Well, and it's kind of like we're, you know, we're all the social con con uh, contract is we all kind of agree to let some illogical things like the fact of money. Like here is this thing, really, it's just a concept. This, you know, and sometimes, sometimes we have something physical to represent of it, but now we don't. A lot of times we don't. It's just in our bank account. It's just, it's this thing that gets moved around that's not really real, but it's so important to our life. And we all just kind of accept it. And then when somebody like really brings it up and goes, it's fake, you see that initial. Well, the first is resistance because. Of course. And I get it. People can have different theoretical ways of looking at things, you know, but the real way they say you're supposed to look at money is money comes from value mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter how much money you have. There's still just one kind of um, sense of value. Mm -hmm. Right. So if something is, which we all agree to, if there's a, if there's a billion dollars th that can be spread around, it doesn't matter how many dollar bills you make. There's right. still only a billion dollars to spread around. And people keep thinking you can make more. Yeah. People are making money, but that means right. someone else doesn't have any. Right. So that's the way it works. Right. If I have more food, and there's only enough food to, there's only like 10 hamburgers. If I take five of them, right. I don't care what you, if I, how many I, I cut up, there's only, there's only five left. Right. And that's the only reason why something works of being value. There has to be a scarcity of it for it to be valuable. Right. Because like originally gold, it was gold. Right. Right. And here's the gold. I have some gold. You don't have the gold. I gave you the gold. Now I don't have the gold. You have easy. the gold, but it's a physical thing. Right. Then gold became money and it represented it. And then the, of course, then the gold slipped away. And so at what point we agree that the money has a meaning, but I could print my own currency up. I right. could go home and create a really cool looking hundred dollar bill. And if I go out and try to spend it, I could swear up and down that it's real currency, but I'm the only one who believes in it and nobody's going to take it. But yet this other hundred dollar bill that has Ben Franklin on it. We all accept that that one right. is valuable. It's just, we all agreed to a certain sense of delusion of delusional thinking. Well, We've all just agreed I mean, and go, this piece of paper has value. And everybody would look and go, well, clearly it doesn't. It's just a thing. Yeah. But can we all agree that it has value? All right. I guess we can agree with that. And that works as long as we all agree. Once we don't, once we start to doubt that hurts, once we reject it all falls down. So that's it. Which in real time, this, you know, this powers that be that trying to do that. It's, uh, have you seen China, Russia, and India, South Africa was part of it. They backed out. They're all the th those three countries, which are large countries. Right. Economic, economically and, you know, population wise. Mm -hmm. They're, um, they are going to start trying to have their, it's called BRICS. Or something like that, mm -hmm. BRI. Um, they are um, going to have their own dollar system backed yeah. by gold. Yeah. So uh, 
that's competing it. systems. There's already been lots of movement as far as like the the dollar and oil is a whole like is all well, that, realm that's of thing. intertwined. Yeah. Right. It's we're at a very weird inflection point. And uh yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch it roll out, but I really just don't think people are are cognizant of how much the world is gonna change. And even if some of the stuff they feel like they can ignore it, there comes a certain point where it's gonna affect them. Oh yeah. But yeah. all right. So we have gone way off topic, but this, I think <laughs> we still had a good episode here. Um, but yeah, I think that's a good place to wrap it up and we will be bringing you more cause we have AI to talk about. We have the hearings to talk about. We have, um, a lot going on and I think we need to find ways of, uh, even if we do like a uh, remote broad- broadcast and stuff, we got to figure out a way to do more because there's going to be a lot more for us to cover. Yes, We're falling I behind. I agree. But for now, I think that's where we'll wrap it up. So until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Steve. And we've been talking about some deep shit. Yeah!